Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dumpster Fire Sports Podcast with your host, Bruno Fish. Today, we'll be looking into the NHL offseason. In particular, the St. Louis Blues happens to be the uh, hometown team here. Um, obviously, the Stanley Cup champions, quite a summer it's been. They also had some major moves they've had to make, some interesting moves as well. And we'll look at their roster moving forward in addition to... Uh, looking around other NHL moves, and if we have time, we'll also get into some mailbag questions from our listeners. All right, let's get it started with some off-season moves by the Blues. So, uh, first and foremost, uh, one of the most important ones uh, was Craig Ruby coming back on a three-year deal. Uh, that was quite vital to the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, obviously. They fired Mike Yo. November 19th, Rube takes over. Took him about a month or two to get it going, but obviously we all know that January 3rd game, that got it turned around for the Blues, and they never looked back from there on out. So Rube obviously gets rewarded with a three-year contract extension. Uh, Much deserved. It's something they had to do, and uh, I think he'll really be the correct leader moving forward. This team really needed a guy that was no-nonsense, and Rube provided that for them, and uh, I think he is the right guy moving forward. All right, another uh, big extension the Blues gave out this summer was Oscar Sundquist agreeing to a four-year contract. And Sundquist was one of the most underrated players on this Blues team, um, especially in I think in even the early part of the season when the Blues were really struggling when they were down near the bottom of the league. Um, he was always he gave his effort uh, every night. Really performed well. Um, he had 14 goals, 17 assists in the playoffs. Or excuse me, that was during the regular season. Is what I meant to say. And he really had a great year, his best year by far statistically. And also he was that uh, shutdown forward you could depend on every time, especially against teams' top lines. When you can have a fourth line or a third line matching up against the team's top line an opponent's top line, that is, uh, it it can really, really create good matchups for your team all around, and that's what Sunquist provided. He was also uh, one of the team's top penalty killers. He was really, really efficient in that, blocked lots of shots, really a clutch player all throughout the season and postseason for the Blues. So I think signing him to a four-year deal with an average of $2.75 million a year I think that's great for the salary cap, great for Sunquest, great for the Blues. Really happy with this deal all around, and I'm really excited to see what he'll bring back for the Blues this year, and I expect another really consistent year out of him. All right, another guy that uh, got paid this summer with the Blues contract extension was Jordan Bennington. Obviously, you know the story here, won the Stanley Cup, rookie that had really been forgotten about. Uh, for so long, you know, we all, I had just always had figured for the longest time that he was a guy that had just underperformed and not lived up to expectations. But when he got his shot, he never looked back. He took the starting position from Jake Allen and was successful from there on out and ended up winning the Stanley Cup. And boy, was he vital to the, their run all the way. And he got rewarded with a two-year, $8.8 million contract, the annual cap hit of $4.4 million. And I was a huge fan of this deal for multiple reasons, one of them being that the cap hit is 
low considering what he could have gotten. I know some people were thinking he could have even gotten north of $6 million per year, but the 4.4 is cap-friendly considering the tight situation that the Blues are in. Hey, that's really good for the salary cap. I'm also a big fan of how many years it is, only two years, which I, uh, no offense to Jordan Bennington, but I was afraid they were going to give him six years to a guy that's really only played half a season in the NHL. He, there's still a lot there to prove for him, I think, as far as playing a full A2 game schedule in the NHL. He's obviously played a lot of games, but not necessarily at this high of a level. So I still, uh, I expect, obviously, he'll do very well this year and in coming years, but I think that was a good deal for both him and the Blues, the fact that it's not huge long-term commitment, it's not five or six years, and it's also very cap-friendly. So obviously another real good move for the Blues there. And they have a few guys that are unsigned, one of the big-name guys being Patrick Maroon, and this is really interesting. I'm, uh, you know, on July 1st, a lot of people thought that he had a three-year, $15 million, or excuse me, five-year, uh, $15 million deal in place with the Calgary Flames, but that was a false report, ended up not signing there. He's still a free agent as his podcast is being made, so I uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how it handles. I, I'm kind of hoping, you know, maybe he'll come down on the wire and he'll just end up re-signing with the Blues. I'm a huge fan of Patrick Maroon, all his contributions. Like much of the rest of the team, he got off to a slow start in 2018-2019. But then he really turned on the second half in the playoffs. He was made big plays, great secondary forward, and just good all-around player. And he really stepped up his defensive game as well. So I think maybe if you know time keeps winding down, maybe he'll resign with the Blues a one-year or two-year uh, deal cheap maybe. But... It'll be interesting. I'm really surprised he hasn't signed a deal yet as we make this podcast in late July. So I think that it would be a bonus for the Blues to get Maroon back, but it's not essential for them being quality again. Alright, the Blues have been very quiet on the free agency front, not signing anybody significant. However, yesterday, as a matter of fact, they acquired Andreas Borgman from Toronto Maple Leafs for Jordan Schmaltz, a uh, swap of defensemen. Um, not a significant deal here, not much to dive into. Borgman will most likely start the year out in the AHL. A low risk, uh, high, you know, not even high reward. I don't think I don't think this trade will be something that you look back on and see as anything significant. But um happy also for Jordan Schmaltz, maybe he'll get more of an opportunity uh, north of the border with Toronto. Because uh, I don't think he was going anywhere fast here. Unperformed for much of his career. And never could stay at a consistent level in the NHL. So I'm happy for him. I uh, don't know much about Bergman. But you know, maybe he'll make some contributions. You never know. But I think it was mainly just a minor league deal there for the Bulls. Alright, when we come back, we'll look around the rest of the NHL. And look at some off-season moves there, in particular to the top free agent signings and what that means for their teams they went to. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Dumpster Fire Sports with Brew Fish. <laughs> 